Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to begin by simply saying war was never in the equation of God in the beginning. In fact, war was never in heaven until an archangel by the name of Lucifer rebelled against God. And from that point on, there was an internal war on the inside of him that's been going on ever since. War was never in the equation for man. War broke out inside of man when Adam transgressed uh, the word of God, meaning he exalted his will above God's, and that's called sin. And therefore, in that moment, he may not have realized, but, but that nature of Satan began to uh, get a hold of him to the point where his own um, son killed his brother in murder because of the raging war. Jesus told Peter, they that live by the sword will die by the sword. Everybody say amen. amen. On the other hand, in Matthew, he said, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in on the strength of my name, appropriating the name which belongs to me, saying, I'm the anointed one, the Messiah, and that will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So what is the resolve for war? There isn't any on this side of heaven. None. Regarding God's kingdom, he said to his followers, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. We just sang about the cross. I'm really glad that Jesus laid down his life for us. The Bible says, Even while we were yet enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Everybody say, Thank you, Lord. All through the Old Testament, New Testament, we see believers laying down their lives, listen, to not only preach the gospel, but to document it, a gospel that has been changing lives for the last 5,000 years. Can I have an amen? And we're grateful for that. Listen to this. Just as it's true in the natural, it's true regarding the eternal side of life. Our freedoms have always required a great price. Just as this is another thing we just shared on a couple weeks ago. Just as natural death is the offspring of spiritual death, natural wars are the fruit of spiritual warfare that's been raging within, within the hearts of humanity since the fall of men. If you agree with me, say amen to that. And where did it originate? Again, in the unseen realm. Look at here in Revelation 12. There was a war in heaven. Say there was a war in heaven. Amen. And the Bible says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, but the dragon fought against um, and, and, and fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice, a lo I love the loud voice, hallelujah, saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives even unto death. How many are grateful for the early church that laid down their lives, praise God, to, to not only provo, pro, provo, um, propagate but to preserve the gospel that's changed our lives. The word overcame, they overcame him. That word is, is the word Nike. 
N-I-K-E. And it means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail against, and get the victory. So when it comes to the internal warfare that, is, uh, that we have to address in our lives on a daily basis, it's God's will that we prevail over that warfare and get the victory. Can I have an amen? We have to be responsible for our lives. Very interesting, when God came to Cain, uh, uh, in, 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 um, in his, uh, Cain had a, a problem with anger. And it, it, it was so, it fueled, uh, uh, he allowed it to fuel so much into his life uh, that uh, it, it came a point where he actually uh, carried out uh, the first murder recorded in the Bible. And, uh, and God came to him and says, Cain, I want to address something. Cain says, uh, God said to Cain, Cain, if you do right, you're going to be accepted. Amen. You're going to be accepted. I want to promote you. I'm going to bless you. I want to increase your life. I want to increase the value of your life, but you're going to have to take responsibility for your life. Today, the world doesn't want to take responsibility for, their, for the errors of their way, but um, the church definitely must take responsibility for, for the choices we make. Can I have an amen to that? And um, if Cain would have had addressed the spiritual warfare within, he would have never murdered his brother. I want to read this. This is interesting because John talked about it. He says, for this is the message. He's writing to us. This is for you and I. This is the message, the announcement, which you have heard from the first, that we should love one another and not be like. It means we could be. And not be means we could be. And not be like Cain who took. You know, for you to take something, you couldn't have it before you took it. Can I have an Amen. You didn't have it before you took it. He took his nature and got his motivation from the evil one and slew his brethren. Why? Why did he kill him? Because his, Cain's deeds were, and works, his activities were wicked and malicious, and his brothers were righteous and virtuous. James addressed this internal warfare in his letter to the church. Here's what he said. What leads to strife, discord, and feuds, and how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? Do they not rise from your sensual desires that are ever warring in your bodily members? You are jealous and covet what others have, and your desires go unfulfilled, and so you become murderers. And I, I think this is important how the Amplified says it. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. The Bible says you burn with envy and anger and are not able to uh, obtain the gratification, the contentment, and happiness that you seek, and so you fight in war. So whether we like it or not, warfare is a part of life, period. You'll never escape it until you step into the eternal side of life. Yet never God, listen, it's never God's will that it, warfare, be found within and between the members of his body. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. We should be the, you know, we should, we should be the last ones to be warring against one another. Isn't that right? I mean, I mean, especially when we have the nature of God in the inside of us. In Paul's letter to the believers at Ephesus, he instructed the church on the armor we would need to stand up against our enemies in the unseen realm. Now watch this. Paul's letter was also about the relational side of life, which is where most of our warfare originates. Isn't that something? The relational side. That's all Paul's letter is in, to the church at Ephesus. It's about relationships. And here's what he said. In conclusion, now here's the key. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. When we get into strife, when we get into envy, jealousy, you know what that shows? You know what that just shows? That shows that sometime in the process of time, like it was with Cain and Abel, process of time, we're moving away from our relationship with God. And the farther we walk away from that relationship, the weaker we become. And the weaker we become, the, the nature, the fallen nature that we carry begins to, um, 
begins to uh, master the very nature of God that's on the inside of us. But the closer you get to God, the stronger you become. Can I have an amen? amen? So that you're able to, you know, do what he says. So he goes on. Put on, that's my part. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand against all, against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. We have to understand that. I don't give the devil a lot of credit, but he is good at what he does. He's been deceiving. He's been deceiving, you know, First of all, he was able to deceive a third of the angels to go with him. So he's a good deceiver. He's good at doing that. And he's, been de- he's in- endeavoring to deceive not only the world, but the church for, the church for 2,000 years, the world for 6,000 years. Going to have an amen. So he is good at what he does. And Paul warns us. He, he's letting us know that you know, your ability to overcome will be determined by the strength you have in God. So the closer you walk with God, the stronger you'll be regarding uh, decept- uh, your, your, um, your shield up so that you won't be deceived. Can I have an amen? Called the shield of faith. Amen. Let's go on here. He says, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against dispotisms, uh, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on, that's my part, God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and, and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. So exercising faith and love is what keeps you in the center of God's will and Satan's behavior under your feet. Amen. You know, we have to understand, you know, it isn't so much, I don't have, I'm not afraid, you know, I'm not concerned about Satan who walks around throughout the whole earth seeking who will devour. I'm not concerned about that. But I am concerned about allowing his nature to be expressed through me. Come on. Are you, are you here today? Has anybody ever expressed the nature of the devil since you've been saved? You raise your hand. So you understand, you know, it's just, we all have, you know, we have a dam, Adamic nature. That's why, you know, we love people. You love people. You know, you love to be around people. But you hang around someone long enough, you know, all of a sudden that human nature comes out. And it's uncomfortable for us uh, because what are we seeing? We're seeing ourselves in them. That went over big. (laughs) Verse 13, Message Bible. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll uh, you'll still be on your feet. And I love this. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is is an indispensable weapon. It means that you have to have it. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. You and I have a message the world is in need of, which is the reason for the warfare. Raise your hand if you understand what I'm talking about with warfare in your life as a believer. Thank you. So you recognize it's there. It really is there. It's real. Peter, he wrote this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now watch this, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So how do we keep the devil under our feet? Two ways. Number one, through our faith in and obedience to God and his word. And number two, through humility and subjecting to God's will over our own. Not good. Subjecting our will 
to God, subjecting God's will above our own. See, a lot, many of you came to church today um, because inside you know it's the place to be for you to grow. Amen. Amen. And so, so you conquered the, you conquered the, you know, the, uh, the desires of the flesh, you know. I, I'm telling you, I'm a minister. I'd rather be at the lake today, 90 degrees. I'd rather be slalom skiing. I'm, I'm, I'm 68 years old. I could still slalom ski. That's a miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't like to brag, but it's so mine when I dropped that. I hadn't skied for 20 years. When I dropped that ski and I got my foot behind and I'm skiing, I'm going, wow, this is really cool. And I, I thought that for about five seconds, then I took a tumble. See, I mean, just wiped out. But man, this, you know, we are in a war. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Luke 4, Jesus, in, great, in his greatest hour, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Can I have an amen? And every truth we behold from God's word wasn't purchased without warfare, nor without Christians who were willing to pay the ultimate price. Listen, their lives for ours. I want to read this in Hebrews 11. I thought just, I'm just wrapping this up. Let's watch this. How much do I, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Sam, that wasn't Obama, Samson, <laughs> Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Think about that. They shut the mouths of lions. You know that story. I love the story of Daniel. I mean, the reason I love the story is that he spent a night uh, uh, in, in, in a, a lion's den. And I don't know about you, but that would freak me out. And, but what's so beautiful about that, they lost their hunger for this man. But boy, I tell you, when they, he came out and the others that set, up, set, set that trap for him, they were thrown in. Boy, those, guys, uh, those lions, I mean, they had a quick snack. They're not good. I mean, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, their backs were cut open with whips, others chained in prison. Some died by stoning, some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. I still remember, and I don't know, I don't remember if it was in Afghanistan, I don't know where it was, where those 12 or 15 or 18 men all kneeling in orange suits, and each ISIS member having a sword, and they cut their heads off. Guess what? They were... They were offered a deal. You deny your faith in Christ and turn to Islam and you can have your life. Now, I don't know what you and I would do in that case. I don't. We say one thing, but we're big talkers till we're ready to die. But boy, those men weren't willing. And I have no idea what they knew. And it's amazing. Probably 99% of you in here knew more about the Bible than these men did. And yet they had the courage enough to say, we ain't going to deny the only one true and living God. And they were willing to be martyred for their convictions. 
So you can see, I'm, I believe with all my heart that they are recognized in heaven uh, as martyrs, true martyrs for Christ. Can I have an amen? But there's a price to pay. Verse 37, some went about wearing skins of sheep, goats, and destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. I want to, why did I read that? Because there's people yet to be saved. There's people yet to be set free. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price, endure hardness as a good soldier, knowing that others are out there needing what you have? That's how important this is. And God will bless you, praise God, for your, um, for your um, enduring faith. President Reagan said something years ago. He says, um, he declared, you know, that there is no peace without strength. And that really is true. I mean, it really is true. I'm so grateful that we have a bill in Congress right now that's building up our military because we're only, as a nation, we're only going to have peace through strength. I'm talking about as a nation, uh, only peace through strength, but it's the same spiritually. You're only going to have peace with God through strength, through the strength of God. That's why Paul said that. He says, uh, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength his boundless might provides. So he provides the strength what, for whatever you're dealing with in your life. He provides the strength for you to get through it and come out with a good testimony. We love, we, I always tell people we love the testimony, but we hate the test before the money. Amen. It's true, isn't it? I want to close with Philippians 4, verse 6, and then we're going to pray together today. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. I want you to let that, think about that. You say, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, you do. Just talk to God. You don't, you don't have to add the these and the thous. Just talk to God. Say, God, I need some help. And you know what? You know, if you're serious with God, he'll be serious with you. I'll never forget that time. I'll never forget when I got saved in 1971. I, um, and you've heard this before, but it might help you. Um, when I got saved in, in, in uh, the third week of May, Sunday night, the third week of May, 1971, I got born again at Vicky's church. And um, I didn't plan to get saved when I went there, but God was merciful and touched my heart. Anyway, uh, that was May, the third week of May. I, I look back at the date, I don't remember it now. Third week of May, Sunday night service. And I was only there for Vicky's graduation celebration. And, and then, and then, I, uh, then I, um, we left, but... My life changed that night. But I still had a tough time dealing with a couple things. Smoking. God convicted me that very night about smoking. And um, I, I, he didn't tell me anything. I mean, nobody told me. You got to quit smoking. Nobody, I just got in the truck, car. I had a 68 Camaro. And Vicky handed me a cigarette. And I said, no, thank you. I knew right away that there was some, not something right with that. But it just took, it took me time. I threw away more packs of cigarettes on, along the road. And you go back in the grass looking for them, you know. <laughs> And, um, and back then, cigarettes were only 30 cents a pack. I mean, today, I'd, I'd have to have one of those deals. Beep, 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 beep. I mean, I couldn't, couldn't afford to buy another pack. So, anyway, so, I, so I conquered that, you know, but the, uh, uh, I conquered that. But here's where I conquered it. And I'm making a point, just like the drug culture. I was doing drugs. I was getting, you know, high with my friends and trying to share Christ with them, and nothing was working, you know, and, You've heard that story before, and 
And, um, but um, I went to God one day. I said, God, I'll meet you halfway. I did Abraham. Abraham kind of did the same thing. But I said to God, God, I'll meet you halfway. I said, I'll quit smoking if you take to the desire way. So that, so that was it. And no longer turned my truck car around looking for cigarette packs. I, I threw them away. But you know what I did? I sucked on lollipops till the roof of my mouth was raw. <laughs> sucked on lollipops, chewed gum, licorice, you know, uh, for, listen, I'm telling you the truth, for exactly 28 days. And that 28th day, as you snap your finger, that desire completely left. And I never had a touch since. Is that amazing? I'm just telling you. The reason I'm telling you that because when you get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. It's true. And then the night, December 31st, 1972. December 31st, I left my precious wife. She's 26 years old. No, 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 no. She, that's all she would came up here. She was 20. Uh, she was 171. She'd have been, doesn't matter. She was, she was 19 years old. I left her with my daughter, who was just a few months old. And, um, and I uh, headed on the road uh, as a Mayflower. Uh, I owned, bought my own truck, and I went on the road trucking for Mayflower. And, uh, but that night in the hotel room, I was all by myself, and I was, I was crying. I was crying because I'd left my wife and daughter, and I was kind of afraid because I had no idea what my future was going to be. I'm all by myself. I'm just, I'm just a little... I weighed 126 pounds when I went into the moving business. The only one that was lighter was Richard, who helped me. He was about 120. And, um, but I, I knelt by my bed, and I said, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of compromising, trying to live this Christian life and compromise. It, it just doesn't work. So that night I prayed and I said, God, I give you everything. I'm giving my heart, my life. I'm turning from the drug culture. I commit everything I am to you. Amen. And I woke up the next morning and God's, I'm, I, you cannot explain the supernatural, but you sure can experience it. I woke up the next morning and I was like born again, again. Amen. I knew something inside happened. Amen. And my life was changed, praise God, supernaturally by the power of God. I just want you to know how good God is. And I'm only telling you that because if you mean business with God, now if you don't, I mean, you know, you got a habit and you're trying to kick it, but you don't mean business with God, then you, he won't grace you. But if you mean business with him, he'll grace you, man. He'll set you free, just like he did Travis and many, many others in this church that got freed from meth addiction, just like that they were free, hallelujah, because they meant business with God. Yeah, give God praise for that, amen. So don't fret or worry instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Do you hear that? Not your wife, not your husband, not your boss, not your friend, but let God know your concerns. That's so good. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, Paul says. What you've heard and saw and realized, do that. And God, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent 
harmonies. Can I have an amen? Would you stand? We're going to pray together today. Warfare is a reality. You'll never be without it. Why? Because you have an adversary. So you'll never be without warfare. But always remember the war, the warfare is coming from. It's not coming from your wife, your husband, your children. Warfare is coming from the realm of the spirit. Listen, but the closer you get to God and the more submitted you get to his word and his will, the greater victories that you'll see in your life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.